0: I heard that all Michigan football games this season will be uh, televised on the History Channel. <laughs> <laughs> because all their victories are in the past.
1: <laughs> wow. yeah. That's good. That's good. There we go. <laughs> I like that right. <laughs> uh, that's,
0: yeah, that's good. Colossians chapter three. Mary Hart, dude, good like medicine, right? Amen. Well, we went down through the tough stuff the other day. Uh, verse twelve, put put on, therefore, as elect of God, not not a Calvinist. It's because we're in the elect, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. And that forbearing, being able to put up with people, that that's a yeah. that's a tough one. Amen? I mean, forbearing. I mean put up with. Uh, I was texting Brother Parks today, there's some things that happened to me a couple weeks ago, and uh I poked a hornet's nest and I got stung real bad spiritually and uh you know you preach this kind of stuff and you're going to get tested on it and you're going to receive opposition and things like that in the process of the time somebody made a comment about they could never submit to me and i was never even asking them to submit to me but it's just an authority authority issue and they're afraid somehow because i'm a team leader in the shop that that they're gonna have to be under my authority and they're saying they could never do that and so i got to thinking about that issue not trying to rehash the problem but i got to thinking about submission And uh, the thought came to me, the real test of submission is not whether you can submit to somebody that's superior than you, but somebody that's inferior than you. Just because they're in a position of authority doesn't mean they're superior in intellect, mind, strength, whatever, age. You know, a, a lot of men have a hard time submitting somebody that's younger than them. It's got nothing to do with age. It's got everything to do with the position. And mainly it's got something to do with the position of my heart. And I should be able to submit to somebody that's in authority even if they are inferior to me. Amen? And uh, that's the ultimate test of submission then, isn't it? If you know you could do a job better, can you submit to the one that you're having to work for? (laughs) And usually... That's where rebellion comes in. People rise up and rebel against somebody because they think they're superior to them, and therefore they got to put them in their place and show them up, instead of trying to help, be the best they can. A book on leadership that I have at work—it's like a daily devotional thing from John Maxwell. And one of the things that he brought out in that in that book is learn to lead from the middle. You know, you're—I'm put in a position of leadership, but I'm not the boss. And so I got to do what I got to do to make the boss look good, even if he's failing and not doing his job. I got to make him a success, regardless if he's competent or not. He hired me to do a job, he placed me in a position to do a job, and I got to do my job. And if I'm making him all kinds of profits, he's throwing them out the window. Either go get another job or shut my mouth and just keep making money, right? Amen. Uh, I've noticed and I brought it up to you when I preached a couple weeks ago that you know you try to set an example and work hard people don't want to follow that but you want to take a break sit on your butt all of a sudden everybody else wants to quit grinding and quit working they want to sit on their butt because they're afraid you're doing a little bit more work than the, they're doing a little bit more work than you and they don't want to be left in the dust and I notice how uh, that's the process everywhere in life is somebody's trying not so much always outdo somebody but to see how little they can get by and get paid for and That's why we have unions. Uh, the unions are out there to able an able-bodied man to work two hours and get paid for eight. That's what a union does. That's, I understand a union had its place at one time, but now uh, men would sleep on the clock at GM. Men would get up and leave. Men would play poker. They'd meet their quota. You say you got 50 parts. Everybody's got to do 50 parts. Get your 50 parts done. You can goof off, do whatever you want to do. Till the time. See, that's what's killing our country. That's why our jobs are being outsourced to China and other places and Mexico. Why? Because people are taking advantage of other people. They're not earning an honest day's pay. And they got a crooked government established in these unions and stuff like that to take somebody, charge them high dollar, and then turn around and say, we're not going to push these people any farther than they need to go. Listen, starvation will make you want to work. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. Somebody not paying your bills, you're gonna lose your place to sleep. Might make you work hard. Might make you work a couple of jobs to do some things, but have your bills, amen, come and do. And you can't afford nothing, amen. That that, that might do something for some folks. Make them work. There's places overseas, man, that and uh, in Mexico and things like that. They'll walk. They'll come up, start shining your shoes while you're walking down the street. So they can make fifty cents, yeah, because they want to buy beans and tortillas for the family. You pull your car up there, they begin to start washing your windshield without asking and then hold their hand out. They're trying to work. They're trying to earn a buck. They're not asking for a handout. They're asking. They're wanting to do something to earn a few cents so they can have some beans and tortillas. But I'm just saying is, you know, the ultimate test, I was texting Brother Parks today, the ultimate test of your Christianity is when you come to the end of your flesh. We... In a Christian life can walk in the flesh and tolerate people, put up with people. We can live the Christian life without the Holy Ghost for the most part. It's when it's when your flesh runs out of grace, your flesh runs out of patience, your flesh runs out of love. In this passage, forbearing. You can handle a small irritation, but when irritation goes to the next level, they've done tap-danced on all your nerves, amen, and they're they're tap-dancing on the very last one, and you're about to explode. See, you've gone as far as you can go in the flesh. That's where the Holy Ghost, that's where yielding to the Holy Ghost and dying to self and allowing Him to be able to... Somehow catapults you into a new dimension to where you can bear all things, believe all things, endure all things, and hope all things, and do it in the Spirit. Amen. See, somehow, listen, Hebrews 12, 15 talks about, if any man fail the grace of God. Amen. A root of bitterness springing up in him, right, and he defiles many. Why? Why did that man fail the grace of God? If he's got the grace of God and it's a, it's a given thing to him because he trusted Jesus Christ, the Savior, God extended his grace to him, he got born again, he got converted, now he's washed in the blood, and then he dies failing the grace of God in his life. Why are so many people failing the grace of God? They don't appropriate it. They don't avail themselves to it. They don't appropriate that in their life. They turn around and say, I can live this life in the flesh, and somebody wounds them, somebody hurts them, and they, they, they get that thing in their life, and they can't forgive them. They can't forget it. They let that thing eat at them, and they never allow the grace of God to work in their life, amen, to heal that wound. We heard a man down years ago down at Shady Acres Baptist Church preach on, all of God's trees are full of sap. And he talked about the sap as a type of the Holy Ghost in a Christian's life. Yeah, and he talked about a tree. When a bird will come, like a woodpecker, come peck on that tree and wound that tree. He said all of a sudden all the sap begins to ooze out of that, that wound, that hole to heal that tree where that hand handle it. Listen, when we get a wound in our life, the Holy Ghost, the God ought to come in and that grace ought to come in and heal the wounds. The Bible said a wounded spirit who can bear Amen. Listen, we got to learn how to forgive. We got to learn how to forgive the way God forgives. We got to learn how to forget the way God forgets. Listen, God gave me patience. Listen, look at look at James, James chapter number one. Uh, this, this is uh, to the twelve tribes are scattered abroad. Hallelujah. Amen. But I can learn something from them. Amen. Doctor, and I know who it's to. Historically, I understand who it's too. Amen. Practically, spiritually, I can get something out of it. Amen. Because all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And I can get some help from it. So what kind of help can I get? Verse 2. My brethren. That's talking to the 12 tribes, but I can spiritually get something out of it. Count it all joy when you fall into a diver's temptation. Have you ever done that? Alright, let's pull up to your car. Let's pop the hood on your car. Let's go over here and grab the dipstick and pull it out. Let's check how much oil you got. Man, that thing's dirty. We need an oil change. We need a revival. <laughs> right? Amen. Listen, God will check our oil out. When you fall into divers temptations, all of a sudden problems show up. Troubles show up. Trial shows up. A problematic person shows up. Uh, a noisome nuisance shows up. All of a sudden, irritants. I'm not just saying this because you had that problem. Amen? i <laughs> Hello? Listen, you fall into it. You're there. Boom. You're there. It's happening. Right? You didn't invite it. You didn't ask for it. You prayed and ask God to bless your day. God, help me with this day. Help me to be a blessing to everybody I come across. Amen. Right? Right? We're not looking for a hard time. We're not looking for our spiritual offenders to be dented. We're not looking for... Uh, uh, To have a head-on collision and and deal with contentious people and things like that. We want to be a blessing. We want nothing but sweetness to flow from our lips. And we want all God's honey and candy to drip in our life. And everything we touch, we want it to turn to gold. But all of a sudden, everything's turning to dung instead of gold. And instead of petting a kitty cat, we find we've got a skunk in our life. You understand? And all of a sudden, everything we've planned, everything we want to do is just crumbling and falling apart. And stress begins to mound and build and our little thermometer goes just blows its top. Now we're in the flesh and where's the grace of God? Yeah, Where's the Holy Ghost? Amen? Well so you got to learn to appropriate him. You got to learn to apply him. You got to learn to be able to stop, drop and roll at that point. So what's that mean? You got to be able to bow your head, and say, God, I need your help right now. I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a way a bad way, and in the flesh, I can't handle this. I need the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God and His graces and His gifts and His fruits to intervene and take over my life. Because God, if it don't, man, I'm gonna be in jail. Somebody's gonna be dead, man. I'm gonna be. <laughs> it's gonna be a mess. Yeah, Amen. You understand? I mean, it's. I mean, there's a lot of times you got to be instant in prayer. Amen. That's what Romans 12 said. Instant. Right now, right now, Janice by the Lord, grace. <laughs> Whoo. Hello. Hey, Amen. It's amazing how, when you're driving along in the car having a good time with your wife, to look over, some guy waves at you and tells you you're number one, and how all of a sudden you're in the flesh and you just root the whole trip. <laughs> Hello. It doesn't take much to dent our fenders, it doesn't take much to get us disjointed, it doesn't make, take much to pop our top. Right. Right? Count it all joy. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hey, Amen. I just got stung by a bee. Woo. That don't make you feel happy does it huh right doesn't make you happy when the phone's ringing no the food's boiled over and the kids are screaming amen the dogs are barking and the junior just dropped a glass of milk spilled all over the floor that don't make people real happy at that point does it? Oh, amen amen yep. and bubby has got sissy by the hair dragging around the house ah! I mean just everything's a wreck right And we just walk in the Holy Ghost the whole time, and nothing—it don't even send a little uh, ripple on the Richter scale, does it? I'm telling you what, problems happen to Christians' lives. Things are going to yank us and crank us. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Oh, there we go. Wow, worketh patience. That's exactly what I needed tonight, God, to work my patience. I don't have any. Do you? I need some. You said, but let patience have what? Every are you thinking about that at the time when you're ready to strangle somebody? <laughs> are you thinking about, now this is a great opportunity for patience in my life to get her exercise. So, Miss Patience, I'm just gonna allow you to take over and work for me as I sit here and relax in my car. As that horn blows, <laughs> patience. <laughs> Go ahead, keep tooting because patience has taken over. <laughs> As a dog barks and a neighbor runs his saw when I'm trying to nap, may I just, uh, huh? Yeah. Right? When the firecrackers are popping and you got to get up at work real yeah. early, you know, and everybody's screaming and hollering and just boomboxing in front of your house and you got to get rest. Just, it's a perfect opportunity. Patience, I'm just going to let you loose right now, just to let you take over my life. <laughs> Let her have her perfect work. Amen. That you may be what? Perfect. Perfect and what? Entire. Entire and then what? Wanting nothing. Wanting nothing. Boy, well, wouldn't it be a blessing to get to a place where you want nothing? Yeah, amen. Total, complete contentment. Right. How do you get there? Allowing patience. God's going to take you and place you in the trials. God's going to take you and put you to a place where your faith will be tested. God's going to take you and test you out. To see how much you're really walking in the flesh versus walking in the spirit. And then he says, if he's really spiritual and he's been building these last six months these spiritual muscles, we're just going to test out his spiritual muscles and see how of a wimp he really is in Jesus' name. Amen. Right? Amen. And next thing you know, all these trials start coming in, and I find out, Lord, help, help. I'm tapping out, Lord. I ain't got the grace I thought I had. I ain't got the patience I thought I had. I sure don't have the love for these wicked, vile, wretched sinners like I thought I had. Yeah, amen. I sent Brother Doug a text and I said, think about this. Think about as a, and I said a little bit Sunday night, but think about a guy that's whipping you with a whip. Could you love him and forgive him as he's doing his job? That's his job. He's paid by the government to, the, to exterminate Christians and to torture them. Could you love him? Could you have grace to witness to him? Would you have a burden for his soul to tell him when he begins to take you out to whoop you again that you love him, you're praying for him, you don't hold him in fault because he's obeying his government? Because if he doesn't obey his government, he's dead. hmm and realize he's a sinner that's blind and lost and doesn't understand the light, the truth? And the only chance that man had, might to, have might might have to get saved is while he's whipping you that you can be praying for him and forgiving him and loving him. How many movies we've seen to where uh, an old time Christian, while somebody got whipped and beaten, then they're dressing somebody's wounds, they were loving them. What about that video, Bless You Prison? <laughs> I just, I mean, there's some there's some hard things in life, but I'm just talking about where the flesh is at its end and the Spirit of God moves in and helps you to be able to love the unloving and endure things that you would have never thought you'd be able to endure because the Spirit of God's living through you. Look at what Paul said in Philippians. I'm talking about forbearing one another. Philippians chapter number four, I'm talking about forbearing one another to the place... That you can put up with somebody supernaturally. It's beyond anything you can take in the flesh. In the flesh, you'd punch people out. In the flesh, amen, you'd be breaking noses and you'd be breaking bones and going to jail. But in the spirit, you're able to take something you can't take in the flesh. See, the Christians are supposed to have a super charger in their life. We should be able to take, and listen... I find a bunch of preachers that claim to fool the Holy Ghost have zero patience, zero tolerance. And they claim they're preaching in the Holy Ghost, but they don't exemplify any of his traits. Amen. They don't have much faith. They don't have much long-suffering. They don't have much meekness. They don't have much temperance. They don't show much love. They ain't got a bunch of joy, and they don't seem to have any peace. Yeah, come on. But they're filled of the Holy Ghost. Right. They'll bite your head off, rip it off, spit in a hole, and put your head back on. Verse 11. Philippians 4.11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned. What did you learn, Paul? This is experience talking now. In whatsoever state I am, therewith to be what? 10. Paul said, I had to learn this the hard way. You say, why? Because I've been through so many different situations in my life. This is something I had to learn, Paul's telling you. What'd you learn, Paul? I know both how to be abased. What's abased mean? That means to be put down. Yeah. To the ground. To the dirt. You ever had your face planted in the dirt? Humility. Humility. He said I've learned how to be abased I've been put down he said I've also learned what how to abound he said I've, I've been there I've had everything I had it to overflow he said I also everywhere and in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to he said you know what I've done he said I've been through some things in my life and he said I've been in a place where I, I suffered need Paul said in one place over in Corinthians, he said, when I stood among you, I stood there and I wanted. He said, I was standing there and I had such needs in my life that I needed to ask you to help me, but I didn't ask you to help me. I was in want. But I wouldn't tell you that. You understand what I'm saying? Listen, you ever been in a place where you're in want? Most Americans ain't ever there. Amen to where... You're, you're in want you know what You know what that woman did when she cast in amen her two farthings or her two mites made a farthing all them other people were casting in of their abundance but this woman cast in of her want of her need all her living yep she said you know what I can't even scratch out living for myself but these few little pennies I got amen they ain't gonna buy me a loaf of bread anyway so I'm just gonna give it all to God trust Him Yeah. Can't make my I can't make ends meet, but I'm just gonna give God both ends. (laughs) I can do all things. What's the all things there? What's all things according to context? A lot of times this verse is preached, Amen, it's not talking about curling caterpillar bulldozers. Oh, it's not talking about jumping over the Sears Tower in a single bound. Mm-hmm. It's not talking about Nick going into Lowe's tonight and curling a whole stack of plywood. That'd be something. It would be something, but that's not what it's talking about. I mean, we could take Benny Hinn and say, "Come on, curl it, man. Come on. You ain't got no faith? What's the matter with you? you? Ain't got no faith? Come on, man." Listen, you understand what I'm saying? The context. I can do all things is I can be abased, I can abound, I can be hungry, I can suffer need. Right. I can be full, I can be hungry, I can be in there and want. Listen, Paul's saying I can go through any condition, any situation in my life through the strength of Christ. Amen. But see, people don't preach it like that because they don't preach the context. They just grab a verse right. and take a fit. But in context, Paul says, no matter what situation I'm in in my life, Christ can strengthen me and help me with the ability and the power to go through any circumstances any situation, any given place, any given time. I have learned this. Yeah. Where? Through the power of the Holy Ghost to carry him through when the flesh couldn't. How do you think Moses and and Elijah and I understand Jesus was a God but they fasted 40 days. That's a supernatural fast. The Spirit of God had to intervene on the fast. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Listen, there's times that you need God to do something in your life that your flesh can't do. No answers are coming. Amen. There's no sunshine coming your direction. There's no rain clouds going to show up in your drought. Amen. And you need God to give you water. I'm talking about where the Holy Ghost of God moves in our lives, he ought to come in with that supply of love when you can't love. Say, so God, these people, I can't love them. Can't do it. Right now, the temptation is for all blacks to hate whites. And right now, the temptation is for all whites to hate blacks. And the race wars that our president and everybody else is stirred up. But it takes the power of God to be able to look past the color of a man's skin and love him and help him. Amen. Amen. Listen, when I went into jail, I went in. I I didn't care what they did. I went in to preach to them. Yeah, amen. I didn't want to know what they did. Amen. To be honest with you, if I knew a man who sat there and he he molested his three year old daughter, and I got he sitting he sitting across from me in a locked in room, ah, my flesh, I just want to be the only guy walking out of that room. Save, save the government a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad I don't know what they all do. Yeah, amen. I, I talked to a deputy, and he began to tell me some different things. I said, I don't know how you guys get them in handcuffs in the backseat of the car and get them back into jail. I don't know how they don't take them for a little long ride somewhere. Yeah. The things that they're doing to these little kids and stuff like that, I don't know how they make it to the jail cell. Yeah. But they got to arrest them. they got to do it. You understand? That's where somehow you need something to step in right. and help you be able to overlook something. Amen. We've watched crime-solving videos and stuff like that, and we've seen mamas and daddies come up to a, a, a serial murderer and look him in the eyes and tell them, Son, we love you, and we forgive you through the power and blood of Jesus Christ. And, and it just blows that courtroom away and blows people away and reporters away and this world away. How could you forgive a man that did that to your daughter? Yeah. It's through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah, See, that's when he steps in and does something that the world can't understand and explain. Right. You understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about why we're supposed to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We're supposed to have the fruit of the Spirit in our life. But how come our so-called or era where we're supposed to have the most education, the most light, the closest to the second coming of Jesus Christ how come our spiritual f- trees are barren and we have no fruit on them to be able to get us through these difficult moments and times perilous times are here, where is love perilous times are here where is joy yeah. why are so many Christians claim to be saved prayed a little sinner's prayer and they claim to be saved but they have no joy and they got to have all this artificial stimulus. And if the artificial stimulus stops, they got to run to drugs and they got to run to booze and they got to run to do listen, they got to have all this stuff to cope. I don't understand that. God said he never spares crime. He said, weeping may endure for a night. He didn't say he'd take away the tears, did he? Mm-mm. But he did say joy would come in the morning. Yeah, amen. The Bible does say he gives songs in the night. Amen. God does know we're going to go through heartaches and trials and struggles and problems. Right. God didn't say he'd remove the problems. Amen. But he said he'd take us through. Yeah. In Matthew chapter number 7, you got two men there. One man builds his house on the sand, another man builds his house on the rock. Guess what? The floods came and beat against that house. Mm-hmm. One fell one didn't right one was stood the storm the other one didn't right Well, I tell you what storms of life will peel things back break trees destroy homes do a lot of things mm-hmm. But how are you how do you respond in that yeah. storm? Amen. Listen I haven't been in a town that's been devastated by a tornado I've seen people's houses and things that was devastated by a tornado. How do you respond to that tragedy? Some people can respond great to major tragedies but they can't handle some little tiny things, them little fleas and gnats in their life. Uh-huh. It's little things. Little foxes spoil the vines. Yep. I was just thinking about where's where's the whole power of the Holy Ghost and all this? Colossians chapter three. Colossians chapter number three listen i ought to have a tank of gas in my private devotions i'd have a tank of gas spiritually when i spend time in prayer with god i ought to get a tank of gas when i hear sunday school sunday morning sunday night wednesday night i ought to have a tank of gas when i'm listening to god's songs and praying and witnessing i ought to have a spiritual high octane all the time i shouldn't be running low the rod shouldn't be knocking Amen. I'm not talking about shining with a bright halo. I'm just talking about being in the condition and position spiritually and dead to self to where no matter what happens in my life amen, that I don't go off the deep end. Right? That's what he's saying right here. Bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another, and any man have a quarrel amen against it, and even as Christ forgave you, so do you also. Amen, to have forgiveness ready. Amen. I'll say this, uh, Gabriel and Priscilla. Uh, they ought, they ought not uh, have to wait till somebody approaches them to give them a kiss on their response. I already have a predisposed disposition. Hey, ain't ain't happening until I get married. And when I hit that when I hit that, oh, that's the one I'm kissing. So some little hussy wants to come sliding up to him and and wants to try to plant one on him. He Wait a minute, uh man, that, that ain't happening. Yeah. You don't think about that. You don't say, well, what happens if she approaches me and she wants to put one on me? Then I'll decide what I'm going to do. No, you, th- you decide now. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? I've already decided now how I'm going to respond to certain conditions in my life. Amen? Yeah. And you got to make those, no, I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm not going to be part of that. It ain't going to happen. You have to already think of certain things. I've already purposed my heart. I ain't taking a woman in this room by myself to sit down and counsel with her. If she wants counsel, we can sit right out here in the open and talk on a pew. Yeah. Amen. And if and if a lady needs that kind of counseling, you and my wife could go in there and talk. Amen. And if we can't get it, then we all three or four, whatever we got to do to be able to get in there and work that out. I am not counseling a lady all by herself. It just ain't happening. Yeah, yeah. See, that's I don't have to think about that. It's already going to happen. No, no, I'm not going there. Right. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? So there's things in our Christian's lives that we ought to sit back and already have said, whoa, no, I'm already, I'm not going there. You understand what I'm saying? And so we ought to be able to detect some warning signs and see some things, walking circumspectly said, as a Christian, I've already decided I'm not doing that. That'll help us, won't it? That'll help us fight the battle. That'll help us fight the fight. Well, if we already got that in our heart, that you know what? I'm going to have forgiveness ready. Yeah. Because I, I don't want to bear a wound. Right. If I get wounded by a person, I, I've already got forgiveness ready in my heart to forgive them. Amen. I'm purposing it, that I'm not going to hold it against people. You say, well, you don't know what they did. I don't have to know what they did. He forgave me of things. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? I need to forgive as Christ. Listen, I got forgiveness already up front right now. Ready, prepared. That's what you got to do. You got to be prepared to forgive. Listen, when we lost Lydia... I already knew what Job 34 says. Far be it from the Almighty to do wickedly. Mm. That he advert, just, My brother-in-law couldn't handle it. I said, Dan, God makes no mistakes. We were already prepared for this. If God was to take any of our children, we prayed this. If God, if any of our children died lost, it's best they'd never be born. And Lydia wasn't be born. And I already had in my heart, I knew that God allowed her to die so we wouldn't have to see her go to hell. I had comfort in my heart. I know God makes no mistakes. I ain't holding it against God. God used that thing. We helped so many different people. We're not bitter about that. We were broken over that, but we weren't bitter about it. God makes no mistakes. You understand what I'm saying? God entrusted us with that. We've used that. We ain't forgot her. We love her. We remind people about her. Man, she'd be 22 today. Can you imagine? But I, the 15th of August, she would have been 22. But listen, God's used that. We're not bitter against God over that. But I know people that are. I know people that miscarry are. I know when tragedies come in people's life, they're upset. They don't mind everybody else's family dying, but somebody in their family dies. They're bent out of whack and they're mad at God. Well, Listen, I know God makes no mistakes. So if he takes me or takes her or takes them, I understand God, God makes no mistakes. You understand? And what I got to do is I I don't want to see Gabriel die you understand I got a friend that his 18 year old son died and instead of being bitter at God that Bo died at 18 Simi Ray and Mandy got to sit back and say Lord thank you for the 18 years you gave me Bo those were great years you gave me Bo and God we love Bo and his memory is precious you understand what I'm saying that's the way you got to look at those things you can't and people don't look at it that way Where's that come from it's got to come from the Holy Ghost Amen. he's got to give us that kind of mindset Forbearing one another, forgiving one another. And if any man have a quarrel against it, even as Christ forgave you, so do you also him. How did Christ forgive you? Unconditionally. Right. Amen. Right. Come on. And he cleared it. It's gone. And above all these, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Yeah, amen. Verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. To which also you're called in one body and be thankful. You know what you got to do? You got to let the peace of God rule. What's rule mean? Control, govern. Right? It's got to govern your life. The peace of God's got to govern your life. Now, that, that bothers a lot of people. And that bothers me. You say, Why? Because there's people out there that just go out and sin and do things, and they say, "Well, I got, I got, I, I don't feel no conviction about it. I don't feel guilty." So what? No, I, I got peace. Really, the Holy Ghost and the Bible says this is wrong, and you're doing it. You don't think it's wrong? Well, I got peace of God. Well, either you got a seared conscience, or you're not saved. Yeah. Because I don't understand why the Holy Ghost would say, "Cliff, you need to quit doing that," and then he tell others to go embrace it. If drinking's wrong for 95% of all the Baptists out there, I have a problem with the 5%. thinks no problem to go in and grab a beer and sit down and drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I ain't got no problem with it. I got the peace. I got peace. <laughs> really? Yeah, come on. Well, there, I, I got a problem with it. Amen. It's a peace. Of I, I ain't got no peace that you're drinking. <laughs> yeah. The part that bothers me is not that you're drinking, it's that you see nothing wrong with it. You understand? People don't see nothing wrong, getting high. People said they're saved, got no problems, sticking their nose down, doing a line. Come to church, pretend like nothing's going on, they're snorting. I tell you, they ain't got no problem with it. I just, I, I just question that kind of stuff. Where's the Holy Ghost of God? He Listen, He ought to be troubling. He ought to be grieved. He ought to be vexed. He ought to be quenched when we live unholy in sin and when Christians can go out there and get into sin and they got no conscience about it I'm curious if they've ever been saved but what we're supposed to do is allow the peace of God to move in our life now there's some things that are doubtful disputations there's some things that's doubtful and they're borderline so I got no problem if you do it if I ain't got no verse of scripture But in my book, it kind of looks like it's over here on the left-hand side and something the devil's crowd would be involved in. So if I think the devil's crowd would be involved in something like that, though I might not have a verse against it, but it may make make me look like I'm one of the devil's children participating in that thing, I'm going to sit back and say, I'm just going to avoid that, and I'm going to stay over here with God's children. That just doesn't look like some activity that a Christian ought to be involved in. I may not have a verse on it, but... I'm looking at the tree of good and evil and I see there's some association with that thing that leans hard left. I don't want nothing to do with that. You understand what I'm saying? I said it's about music. You got the left hand and the right hand of music. And then there's somewhere that it goes from right and wrong. And over here in this section over here is all good music. But there's a boundary right here where it just may tip over into this side. I have a hard time wanting to listen to music on the left of center. Mm-hmm. Uh, right of center, I kind of kind of about a three-quarter balance. I like to be in the middle of what's right. I don't want to be so hardcore dead orthodox, amen, that, it is, that uh, you think you're in a cemetery death march all the time and there's no joy in the music. Yeah. But I don't mind having some good spiritual music to make you shout, and I don't mind some percussion. For the most part, I hate percussion. But some music's got percussion in it which brings complements the song, right. and it doesn't drive the song. If percussion's driving the music, I want nothing to do with it. But if there's some music that's got some percussion in it and it complements, I can err on that side a little bit. Amen. But for the most part, I want to be right over here. Amen in my music. I want to be conservative, but I don't want to run it all the way to ditch. I want to have some liberty. Amen. But I have a problem with people that's taking their music over here. Yeah. And they're putting Christian on the front of rock and roll and heavy metal and all this other kind of stuff and rap and all this other kind of junk and honky tonk junk and, and saying Jesus in it three or four times to, to pass off as yeah. Christian music they don't look like Christians don't act like Christians don't dress like Christians and if you're on the street a bunch of dope smokers and everybody come and associate with them I have an issue with that Amen I had an issue with a fellow one time and I asked him his question I said if somebody wanted me and you were standing on a street corner and somebody wanted to, to get high or bum a cigarette who do you think they'd ask he said they'd probably come and ask me and I said and if somebody was come up on a street corner talking to me and you and they'd say hey sir could you tell me how to go to heaven who do you think they'd ask he said probably you I said don't they tell you something <laughs> I want to attract people that want to know God. I don't want to attract people that want to get high and party. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So therefore, I don't want to look like the devil's children. Amen. You know how you know how you know what a wolf does, don't you? He eats the heart out of a sheep and then he puts on his clothes. And acts like a sheep. I don't want to be that either. But I'm just saying, I want to be in such a place to where somebody know that. Listen, one of the greatest compliments I've ever had is walking through a store and some guy walk up to me and my wife said, "You guys are Christians, ain't you?" That's a that's a huge compliment. They could just tell by the radiance of my wife's face that she was a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Amen. I tell you what, there's something to that. Yeah, amen. I'm not trying to be a Pharisee, but I want to be clean and run a clean home, clean address, uh, uh, conservative in my character. Amen? I don't want to be a reproach or a blemish to the cause of Christ. I have a problem that people could care less about it. That are attracted to the things of the left, and they dress and they model and they portray all the things of the left. And if they go to King's Island, which I don't, you couldn't tell them and their kids from the world's kids. They look and dress and act just like them. In fact, they probably, a lot of Christians, amen, kids act worse than some lost people's kids out there. There's lost people got some character and some standards and some convictions and they won't let their kids do what a bunch of Christians let their kids do. That That's a shame. Yep. That's a, that's, a, that's a shame when you got lost people that's got more convictions and standards Amen. and care more about the way their children look and their home looks than a lot of Christians yeah. do. Amen. But I'm talking about the peace of God to rule in my heart. I, I just have a problem when with this Christianity that anything goes. Unbridled Christianity. We can do whatever we want. Amen, just as long as we, we're we're into praising. You understand what I'm saying? I just have an issue with it. I have an issue with anything that people want to label Christian as Christian. Yep. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to get into some things. I'll really get in trouble, so I don't want to do that. Amen. Let the peace of God rule, control, govern your heart. Now, how do you get the peace of God? How do you get the peace of God on a subject? How do you get the peace of God on a matter? Through prayer. Through prayer, but what else? Lining up with what he said. Well, line it up. But listen, before you can have the peace of God, you got to have peace what? With God. With God. Where do you find that in the Bible? Romans 5.1 Being therefore justified... Let's see. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Right? Yep. Amen. So you got to have peace with God. So what's that mean if you don't have peace with God? What's that mean? You're, gonna, you're not going to have peace with God. Well, if you don't have peace with God, it means God's at war with you. God's at odds with you. God's against you, right? He resists all the children of pride. But he giveth grace to the humble. Yeah, amen. And listen, if somebody's at odds with God, they're not going to have peace of God because they don't have peace with God. Yeah. But once they have peace with God, the war is over. What made God against them, amen, got taken care of when that sinner knelt and trusted Jesus Christ and gave him his heart. The wrath of God's been removed. The wrath of God, amen, and and the anger of God's been appeased. The justice of God's been satisfied. And now they have peace with God. And at that point, our sins are washed away Our conscience is cleared. The blood washes away the guilt. Then we have the peace of God. And then when a Christian goes out and walks in that peace and joy, he's having a good time until one day the flesh pops up. And he does something and that peace kind of wanes. And now he's a little bit troubled on the inside because that Greek Holy Ghost, the way he just talked or what he just said or what he just looked at or what he just listened to. And now there's a little trouble going on in the soul. And the devil wants to tell you, see, you weren't saved because you have all of a sudden a doubt or fear or something pops up in your heart. All of a sudden that peace now is not ruling in the heart. It's waning. It's fading. It's disappearing because a Christian now did something a second time and he don't know what to do to solve this problem. He doesn't really understand 1 John 1, 9, if I confess my sin. He's faithful, just to forgive me my sin and cleanse me from unrighteousness and restore that fellowship. Yeah, amen and so as he's walking in his christian life there's some things that happen and all of a sudden now he's on a roller coaster ride see it's really good when he got saved click 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 and you're climbing a mountain (laughs) click click oh this is great (laughs) click 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 and then he gets up there and all of a sudden (laughs) he's on his spiritual roller coaster (laughs) and he's going oh god (laughs) he's about being thrown he's turned upside down and around and up around and down and And all of a sudden, he's going, whoa, what just happened? And he gets introduced to the flesh. Mm. And then he gets introduced to the war between the spirit and the flesh. And all of a sudden, now he begins to realize that now the joy of his salvation is kind of waning. And now he's got to really begin to walk and work at his relationship with God. And now he's got to let the peace of God rule in his heart. And now he's got to start filtering out what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's not, where to go, not to go. And you learn the peace of God when God troubles you about something. You're going to make a purchase. You want to buy a house. And all of a sudden, you just, you just very uncomfortable, burdened, grief, just something Something just don't seem right about this deal. We better back out of that. God's giving you a little signal right there that I'm not in this thing and then there's times that you'll go do something you got perfect peace and a clear conscience about it and you'll say God you want me to buy this and you you pray about it and then you do it and you just got perfect peace you understand what I'm saying and you begin to learn but in a Christian's life God wants you to use the peace of God as a measuring stick in your life and allow it to rule and control your life and that'll be a judge in your life about doing things or not doing things is this good or acceptable and if you can go out there and do something do you got the peace of god and then sometimes it may fool you when you know that you should be in church on sunday and you're watching football and you say i perfect i got perfect peace about it Hey, my team won i don't care well that's fine you go ahead and do that but you know what you may be spreading that for yourself yep there's a lot of people that walked away from the house of God and yeah. got away from God and yeah. got out of the Bible and had perfect peace. Quit reading the Bible every day, quit praying every day, quit tithing, quit going, quit doing, and they, they were walking out there and I got the perfect peace of God. And God said, yeah, because you wanted to walk away from me. So I just let you. Mm-hmm. So you got to be careful. Right, amen. Amen. But you're supposed to let the peace of God rule. Right, amen. Where are you supposed to let it rule? In your hearts, to which you are called in what? One body. Next, look at what it says. And be ye thankful. You notice he keeps popping that thing up. That's one thing about Paul. Is he keeps reminding us, you know what? You just need to be thankful. Yeah, amen. You know what? You just need to be thankful. And he brings it up over and over. And there again, he brings it up. And be ye thankful. And be ye thankful. And be ye thankful. You know one thing I noticed in my Christian life? It's real easy. To get to where you're not thankful. You get to where you just begin to start taking things for granted. I believe people take good church services for granted. Yeah. I believe people take good preaching for granted. Yeah. I believe people take just King James Bible for granted. I believe people's taking America for granted. Yeah. I believe people's taking Kroger's for granted or Walmart for granted or a full tank of gas or yeah. uh, my check being deposited in or I'm just going to have my hours every week and we're just kind of taking everything for granted because we've had it so good for so long that I just kind of take it for granted. It'll be be there tomorrow and it might not be yeah amen come on i think that's what happened with our elections where our we got this clown in the white house now we got a muslim committing jihad on our country how'd he get there because people were just taking things for granted Mm -hmm. they were eating good of the fruit of the land and not paying attention to what's going on you know what israel did they went into a land that they didn't build they didn't plant Amen. And they went into this land that was all prepared for them. And they went in. And guess what the Bible said in Deuteronomy 6, 8, and 12? They forgot God. Yep. God gave them an ammunition. He said, you every be careful because you may forget me. You know what's happened? A bunch of Americans forgot to give God praise and give God thanks yeah, and thank amen. God. Amen. So I started learning in everything. This is the will of God. That everything. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That everything. Yeah. You give thanks. Yeah, Amen. Amen. Listen, that's the will of God. Preacher, I want to do the will of God. Then in everything give thanks. Amen. Everything. Uh, Amen. Everything. Philippians 4, I quote it to you all the time. Verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with Thanksgiving. thanksgiving, Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds. Right? What else does it say? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. What is that? Right in the middle of prayer, right in the middle of all that trouble, he said, Be careful for not, don't get worked up. Don't get your heart all worked up about your circumstances, about your situations. He says, Amen. Pray, seek his face, and be thankful. The reason why I believe so many prayers go unanswered, and we got a list, we walk in with God, and we got 5,000 things we want God to do for us. Yeah. And I wonder about when we start rattling off our list and we yeah, begin yeah. to start pouring our heart out before God. Come on. I wonder how much of it's spent just thanking him for the prayers he's already answered. Yeah. Let's see. I prayed something eight years ago. I can't remember if he answered that or not. And I just I got all these requests, but God uh, Man, we, we need to spend some time just thanking you for. Right. Yep. Let me breathe today. There you go. Man. And let me be able to walk. Yeah. And think. Mm-hmm. And make a thought. Yeah. Amen. And my tongue can work to bless you. And I got saliva in it to help break down my food, my digestion. Thank you for my refrigerator and the ice and a drink. How many of us pray over our food but never thank God for our drink? Mm. Lord, we ask you to bless this food. Yeah, but what about the water we just washed out? Yeah. (laughs) What about the ice? Mm. What about the glass that's holding it? What about the pitcher? Huh? What about the sun that made that tea? (laughs) The sun tea? Amen. Listen right what about the guy that dug the well to dig the water out right amen Amen. I you know what i mean listen we can start thanking god for everything yeah. i watched a man i was best man at his wedding and the dean of the institute was mike honstein and he was having a hack attack and uh brother honstein's having a hack attack and said somebody got a cough drop and a man handed him a cough drop and brother mike bowed his head and he prayed and thanked god for that cough drop and asked him to help him and this guy that I was his best man wedding said, oh my God, man. He got to pray for a cough drop. And he fell over under conviction seeing a man pray over a cough drop. I'm talking about thanking God for everything. You think about the guy that wrapped that little cough drop and put them in a the little bag for you and put them in a box and shipped them to the drugstore so you could walk over there and somebody hung that thing and all the things that went to just to get you a cough drop. Yeah. And then we go to Lowe's and we go in there and all them nails are there and them screws are there and we complain about the one thing that we can't find. But look at all that's in that store to help us have a nicer house. And somebody has to organize that, take care of all that, put it all there so we can be able to get it and access it, organize it. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? And so, there's so much, so much you much, got to go in there and say, Thank you, Lord. I'm walking into Lowe's, and they got so much for my heart to love and covet. Amen. Just help me buy what I only need tonight. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> amen. <laughs> amen. Right? Yeah. You walk into Kroger's, amen, say, Lord. My eyes Amen They're overwhelming what I need to put in this cart I, I got a limited budget I got to stick to this list But I thank you for everything that they supplied in the store That we live in a country That you can give everybody what they want Well yep. I tell you what You know, you just got to begin to think about thanking God And God in my prayer I want to thank you Amen. I just want to thank you Amen. Lord I just want to thank you For my trouble Lord, that guy that just irritates me, just shows me what I really am. God, thank you for that guy that irritates me. Lord, I thank you for that guy that was making all that noise when I was supposed to be sleeping. I'm glad I got ears to hear. Thank you that I can hear those sounds. Yes. Yeah. You know what? Somebody can't hear those voices that irritate them, but I can. I thank you. And Lord, you expose my heart to where I'm irritated. Why am I irritated? God, I thank you for letting me get irritated because you you allowed me to get irritated to show me that there's some place I need worked on and victory in my life, so I thank you for showing me that. Hmm. i tell you what, when we start thanking God for the bad and the wrong, he's saying everything. Amen? You ready to go someplace? Amen? Like that mayonnaise, that miracle whip, And uh, the guy's got an empty Miracle Whip jar with a knife in it. And he goes running into the store. And as he's running towards the store, somebody comes walking out. And they go, they're closed. And he goes, they're closed. So disappointed that he doesn't have Miracle Whip for a sandwich. I said, Lord, thank you. I probably didn't need it anyways. I probably don't need to eat a midnight snack. Thank you, Lord, for disappointment tonight, discouragement. You understand what I'm saying? You ever thank God for your disappointments? discouragements, defeats. It's humbling. Mm -hmm. We watched the Ohio State Buckeyes beat the Oregon Ducks. Amen. And I watched Mariota. They stuck a a Heisman Trophy winner sticking microphones in his face and trying to talk to him about just losing a national championship, being beat by underdogs. He was the man. They were the team. Nobody was going to stop them. They were the fastest, the best, the strongest, and Ohio State beat them. And I seen him interview Mariota, and he's choking back the tears because he just lost. And as he walks away from the interviews, you could they still had the camera on him. He looked up to heaven and went, and walked on. You know what he did? He said, "There's a lot of times we score, we do good. I'll give you attention. I'll throw you a finger. Say that's one for you." But he said, when he walking away as a defeated loser, he walked away and said, in defeat. I give you the acknowledgment and the glory. Amen. Well, that I, I was good. I, I, my Amen. my my thoughts on that young man rose to a new level. That everybody wants to praise God in the bad time or the good times, mm-hmm. but here, right in the midst of defeat, he pointed to him and said, "Amen." I acknowledge my loss. You allowed me to be humble tonight. And I appreciate it. I wouldn't be able to play this sport. And be any, I don't know if he said that. I wouldn't have been able to play. I got a trophy. I was a winner at least one time. As a Heisman Trophy winner, I didn't win the national championship. might have been nice to have both, but I got one. I didn't need the other. I would have liked to have had it, but you wanted me to learn how to lose, suffer defeat, and I thank you. Well, I tell you what—that means a lot. Yeah. And a lot of people, a lot of preachers, have a hard time with that because you—you can't ever get to the place where you appreciate losing. I thank God for losing. Yeah. Amen. I thank God for losing my mom and dad. That was tough, but it learned taught me something. Thank God for losing my health. Taught me something. You said what? We're talking about tonight: how to have compassion on people, how to understand some things. Amen. I'm at a place now where I can't do what I used to do. There's a bunch of things like moving pianos or young men's sports. But I thank God for all the ones I did get to move. Time for somebody else to step up. Carry them. You understand what I'm saying? I thank God for all... Listen, that thankfulness, that's what he's saying. And be thankful. That, that's, man... Brother Aesop said the key to Christian life is faithfulness. I say is thankfulness. <laughs> You, you want to have a good Christian life, you need to be thankful for everything. Amen? And that, that that's where they lost it over there in Romans chapter 1. Mm-hmm. Neither were thankful. Yep. We could keep going on, but we got to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. I'm not going to get into the next verse. Brother Nick, would you dismiss us, please? <laughs>